0: I'm on one today I'm feeling I'm feeling the golf chat <coughs>
1: you've had your coffee
0: yeah I've had i have have one my second coffee so I'm yeah a bit different to to the US Open hangover from last Monday so
2: well I've got the US Open hangover a week later so mm.
1: I've got a beer hangover because you can't hack it anymore can you I can't hack it anymore frankly it's embarrassing I have like four pints over the course of well what time did we get there so the first band were on at five I think we got there about four doors opened at four we got there at four first beer second beer and then but I'd only had like four or five beers by the time we got to green day at whatever time they came on which was like half past eight nine o'clock and then that was Friday and then Saturday and Sunday I just wiped out like literally yesterday Sunday I was just like I cannot be bothered to do anything it's cold uh, you should get used to it. I know, I know. Um, it's supposed so to be in northern now, though, as well. Does it get worse the other side of 40? Stupid. Infinitely.
2: <laughs> Soon you'll be like two pints and wiped out for the weekend.
1: Maybe you I give up drinking? Mm.
0: It's not going to happen, is it?
1: Uh, George, I didn't watch a single shot of golf this weekend as a result of being away in that there, London. Um, and it was a weekend where an absolute shed load of stuff happened. So, shall we just start with the winners? Because they seem like the best people to start with. Um, they do, yeah. Let's start let's at start the Women's PGA Championship. Now, <clears throat> I'm assuming you've read Matt Cooper's lovely piece about Inji Chun on on the website, Um, a lovely story. Um, Well, I say lovely story. What I mean is it's a fascinating story. Um, And just last week she was chatting to her sister on the phone and saying how hard a time she was having and battling with mental health and things and obviously a very important message. And her sister was pleading with her to to come home to South Korea and, and give up the game that seems to be torturing her. Uh, and then a few days later, she's won her third major title. I mean, just uh, just just an incredible story. I mean, I, we we obviously had the meltdown from Lexi Thompson, which we can get to. Um, but yeah, just a word on on Chun's victory. Yeah, I mean, it was a
0: thrilling final day. In the end, I was I really thought she was she was done. I mean, to think that she shot 75-75 Saturday Sunday. Which she'd have missed the cut if she'd have shot that Thursday, Friday, and she's gone on to to win the major. I mean, it was yeah, it was quite something. But to be honest, in the end, she did deserve it. It was quite a gutsy fight back in the end, uh, the last nine holes on Sunday. Because, like I say, I thought she was completely done, especially with Lexi on the rise, and then well, Lexi, she kept her composure and she she got the win. But
1: Lexi was on the sixteenth green. Is that the par five, the sixteenth?
0: In two yeah. shots
1: with a two-shot lead. It was and it she, was difficult to watch. With yeah. It's I mean, why does Lexi keep doing this to us? I, I don't want to take anything away from Chun's victory, but Lexi, is she going to get over the line again?
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a tough one to watch. I mean, it and almost when she'd she had a two-shot lead at one point, and it was classic curse of the commentators, really, because they were they were almost saying, "Oh, has she it finally got Trump. over the hump? Has she finally got over this this sort of these, these putting issues she has, you know, she's looked so good on the greens. I'm just like, why, why are you saying this now? Because then it, it, the inevitable happened and she just, it was a slight meltdown on some of the holes. Like it was, it was really tough to watch. I mean, the, even just the chipping, she was getting very quick of her chips and sort of getting the job done. And then when it came to the putting, it was, yeah, it was really tough to watch because I mean, Tita Green, she's, well, she's proven the last 10 years. She's arguably the best player in the world, Tita Green. And then it all, it all just seems to capitulate time and time again. I mean, I looked at a stat today. Since she won the Evian, um, she's had 16 top tens in majors in the last eight years, with I think it was 11 top fives without a win. Like, I mean, how's your luck? It's just she just can't get over the line. It's it's tough. But yeah, again, don't take anything away from from uh, from Chan at the same time because it was a it was a brilliant victory. I mean, she went wide to wide in the end, didn't she? So fully deserved
1: do you think that um they obviously again I saw this on social media because I my face in a pillow um mm. do you think that they they got put on the clock now perhaps Steve can talk about how the the rule side of this because i I don't really understand it but or, or when you know how far behind they have to be to <laughs> don't, don't I don't understand it either
2: <laughs> the <laughs> rules of golf have a recommendation and the tours do something completely
1: differently it seems so so you think it's you don't think it was fair for them to be put on the clock i mean three out three hours to play nine holes is what i saw on social media and that yeah. is obviously a brutal pace i mean that's that sort of sunday middle yeah thing.
0: it was it was five hours 45 was the total time i mean they were playing in freeze which i don't know why they're playing in freeze because you know it's usually twos isn't it in majors which and i, I did that was a bit like why are you doing that but then f- five hours 45 it's they're not doing themselves any favors that's 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 what I think right it wasn't it was slow to watch it was and I'm not sure if that was equally the the broad, they did a poor job on the broadcast of cutting to other players and even just the whole the whole p- presentation of the broadcast was quite was quite poor, but the fact that they were then so slow just made it a bit even with it being as close as it was it was it was quite tedious at times so
1: the bit getting put on the clock must have been put on her mind I mean yeah. But I don't think she didn't, she didn't speed it up. And
0: to be honest, why would you? You know, you in the final group playing for a major. You know, I don't... Know if, uh, in the end, I saw they actually got fined, didn't they, afterwards. Um, well, but again,
1: it's the least of their troubles. That was incredible, you know? wasn't it? You've just gone you, you just bogey bogey par to flunk a major chance. And then <laughs> the officials say, oh, by the way, that would be... What was it? $2,000 or something? $2,000, yeah. Just leave change, but point. yeah. <laughs> that was brutal I've never as well seen
0: she won and suddenly a minute later they were there with the trophy it was the quickest trophy presentation I've ever seen um she given the trophy
1: she, she didn't even get a chance to she didn't even get a chance to lift it and the, the microphone was in her face well, I suspect that's because obviously the, the television um, coverage has got to end at a yeah, certain Yeah, they had to, point. it. was They're thinking, well, what hang on are... a second, you've just taken the best part of six hours to play around a round of golf, and now we've got to get this presentation done in <laughs> four minutes. Yeah, it was exactly that. I just think for balance, we should probably point out that uh, there are some PGA Tour and European Tour golfers who are incredibly slow, and we call them out as well. But yeah, that's oh, yeah. a brutal pace to be playing at. Um, what about the PGA Tour then? Should we move on to that? That was a Xander Schauffele one in the end, as I found out this morning when I woke up. Schauffele um, feels like one of those players who are now... Every time I ask you guys for your major tips, whether it's just us sitting around having a chat and I just fancy picking your brains for someone to bet on at a major, chaufflet is one that comes out all the time. Steve, you definitely back him a lot. Um, he feels like someone who's won... like. Dozens of times, it seems really odd. And then I, I looked this morning, and it was his six PGA Tour win. But I mean, if you take those, I mean, we got Green Bay Classic, which was his first win, and then after that, we go Limited Field, Limited Field Tournament of Champions is a Limited Field, isn't it? Um, and then the Classic of New Orleans, which is the the um, pairs tournament. So this is his first. I don't really know how to say it. Proper, regular PGA Tour victory since that that Greenbrier in 2017. I mean, but he feels like a player who has won like three times a season just because of the way everyone goes on about him. You forgot it's gold. And got yeah. Well, we can't take anything away from that at all. But um, yeah, What what's been going on with him? Like he again like like we say we, we we back him for every single major.
0: He's a name that's always on the leaderboard. Like if you always look pga tour top 15 20, 10. he's always there um it's just a place of closing it out but to be fair he did a, he did a brilliant job of that yesterday it was weird because i just like i say we, I mean, we were just talking about it but it was like it was almost mirroring what was happening in the women's like chauffe led from basically from the start right to the end then suddenly with a few holes left dropped back out and you had to who was winning and then he and then he managed to come through and and get the win in the end and it felt a bit it was it was weird really it felt like I mean he clearly deserved the win he played brilliant as a chum but it just felt like I don't know it sort of took away from a bit because it was like he nearly lost it and then then ended up winning it again based on someone else's mishap um but it was good to see him back in the window circle and I think like I always say he's he's probably the the best player as of one of the major at the minute currently on the circuit um I mean there's a few up there obviously they and Zalatoris, but um I think his time will come and he swings it as good as anyone, so
1: Is that you backing him for the open? No. I told you John Rahm's my man for the open.
0: But uh we'll see. I mean he has said how much he, lo- he loves
1: Lynx golf, as they will all have, but you know, it could be it could be a good shout. Chauflay's a name that's been linked with uh Liv as well. Just throw it in, no, in that way. No chance. See what, see what sticks.
0: You said that last week, and I'm still trying to find the source of this
1: <laughs> speculation
0: other than yourself. To be honest, Twitter.com
1: is never wrong. you have suddenly got
0: a vendetta against Showplay, and you want him to join Liv. What's happening? No, he is a bit. He's one of the PGA Tour <laughs> boys. Like, and actually, I think, and I think I tweeted it, but what a month for the PGA Tour! Like, amongst everything that's happened in the last the last few weeks with Live and whatnot, and they've had. Phenomenal tournaments and phenomenal finishes. Like you know, you had the Canadian, the US, and now the Travelers. Three of their big names all winning. All the other big names seem to be all in, always in contention. It was like wh- when they need when they needed their tournaments to to produce, they needed their stars to step up. I mean, it's been brilliant on the PGA Tour this last month. Like what an advert every event.
2: It's because there's increasingly no one left apart from the big uh, names. <laughs>
1: Do you think they're throwing up money at the big names and saying, "Please come and play in these tournaments"? So you wouldn't. Actually, I actually to be fair, it's been since the live things kicked off. It's been Canadian and Travelers, which are two events that the big guys generally play in anyway, isn't it? I wonder what we'll see through the next set of
2: defections because at the moment it's been no loss. Don't need that player. PGA Tour will be better off without that player. I wonder. I wonder what we'll see from the latest round of defections.
1: Well, I, I I don't know about you guys, but I can sort of live without seeing Jason Cockroach playing in the Ryder Cup um, or on the PJ Tour. Now, actually, he had an interesting weekend, didn't he? Uh, well, Friday wasn't it? I suppose he uh, stormed off having. I mean, he was going to miss the cut, wasn't he? But he, he did he shank one on 18, was it? And then he just did he even finish the hole or did he just storm off? He didn't finish,
0: finish the, the hole. hole. He I mean, the shot tracker on PJ Tour app basically had the ball. Well, it was nearer to the car park than it was to the hole um yeah we've all been there and then continuing that fashion he ended up apparently then walking to the car park and to driving off and then
1: he went oh there's my car <laughs> I might as well just get in it and go home yeah which was ever so related. if he but, was um, I mean he was uh, so officially it's gone down as a DQ but he was going to miss the cut anyway yeah he was marked was how was that what is what's the difference between a DQ and a missed cut in terms of can they get fined or anything like that or what's is there anything any fallout from that, or is it just nothing happens? I don't I don't know if you get DQ'd, if you get some sort of fine or something. Or this is your this is your
2: morning sorted out now, isn't it? You can email the GS there and ask him. You're all really? about the fines this morning, Alex. Just,
1: you know. <laughs> just fine all the players. It's poor
0: guys, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, he's I mean, Cockrack was definitely someone who is it Cockrack or Kokrak? I don't really know. Um, he's someone who was openly flirting with Liv before um when it all first came out wasn't he he said that I think didn't he say something like it was definitely him I'm sure it was who said that he just wants to retire at 44 which was a really oddly specific age um but he just said look I just want to go and make some money probably thinking I'm not going to win any majors don't care about the Ryder Cup or not going to make the Ryder Cup team not whether he cares about it or not um just want to go and make a load of money so I can retire and my kids can retire and my grandkids can retire but he's not that that's the level of player we're talking about is it like like Steve just said like it's not a huge loss is it like I mean okay the PJ Tour might not agree with me but I'm sort of if, if we've got players like the coming through who are really cool really exciting are we going to miss these 40 somethings that you know journeymen who show up and make a boatload and then, and then walk off in a strop well, the amateurs have started defecting now, haven't they? Well, that's a bigger story, isn't it? That's a really big story, isn't it? Like, if they if, if are getting the number two amateur in the world whose name has escaped me. Whose name has escaped all of us by the blank expression. Apparently so. <laughs> but that, that is <laughs> the way not, that, after maybe all. that... Maybe that answers my question. Maybe that answers my question. No, but
0: they, they've... I feel like they've maxed that. They've maxed out the boat now, haven't they, of like people pass their sort of twilight haven't they and they, they, there's only so many of those names they can bring in before it's just once well, already got tedious hasn't it really um so now they've it's like well who can we get if they're not going to get you know the, the young guys from the top 15 then it's got to be the young guys that have are yet to sort of have their career I think that's that is a smart move from them um how it will pan out remains to be seen I'm sorry. as the whole tour does but
2: I, I don't buy the Patrick Reed, Brooks Koepka and Bryson DeChambeau are past their prime line. That seems to be the narrative that yeah. last week. They're not in any form. They're, they're, they're going to be a great loss. They're not going to be a great loss. Some of them are in form. Some of these players who are rumoured to be going over today and not in particularly good form. That does not mean that they're not good players and that does not mean that they might not be um, forces in the game. There's a big difference, in my opinion, between... Phil Mickelson going to live, and Bryson DeChambeau going to live. Massive difference. And you can get caught in the narrative as much as you want as, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. We won't miss them. The fact is, they will miss them. They will miss them. Whether you like Kepka or not, whether you like DeChambeau or not, they generate comment.
1: And now they're going to be generating comment for someone else. Yeah, we said last week, I mean, obviously, George wrote about this a couple of weeks ago when Bryson was first confirmed that he is the biggest loss so far. You Huge. know, we, talk, yeah. we talked about it on last week's pod where we said that you know he is, a, you know, him and Kepka are essentially top ten players. I think that the interesting one is Matthew Wolfe. I mean, he is someone who came out the blocks and he he won within three or four events or something like that. He was very early winner, wasn't he, on PGA Tour? Then he had, you know, he was very open about some um, mental health problems that he had. He lost his form. Um, like Steve says, he's horrifically out of form at the moment. But, you know, this is someone, you know, go, golf comes back. I mean, we'll get on to Tong Lee in a minute, but golf does come back to you sometimes. And and he's only 23. Like that, That Matthew Wolf is a big loss for the PGA Tour.
2: Well, we've got into this narrative again now of, of I'm talking about social media here, of people saying I, he's only the world number 73, only the world number 90, whatever, only the world number 100, whatever, <laughs> right? These players are pretty good. There are seven billion people on the planet, and there are only seventy people better than him at golf. If you're the world number seventy-three, it turns out that for more not, you're quite handy with a club and a ball. Also, did you see?
0: I saw that stat. It was like, because um, obviously there was a lot of fifty-four hole leaders that went on to win this weekend or and whatnot. Someone showed a stat. It was like all the fifty-four hole leaders from like the past in twenty majors, and I think like fifteen of them were now live golfers or something stupid. Matthew Wolf was actually one of them. So was, you said
1: that, that's not really how golf works, though, is it? Like when you're under the gun on the like that 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 they, they might not have been the 54-hole leaders if the if the third round was the final round and they had that extra pressure on them, so to speak. Nah, yeah yeah, no, so no, you but can so take, just you take that start with a pinch of salt, as as fun as it is.
0: Of course, but it just still shows that these guys have still been competing in majors in the last. Sure, yeah, it absolutely does. You know, so it shows that they're actually that you know these guys are actually as alluded to a bit and still still good players, still in good form. Still competing in majors and now
1: they're buying a trade somewhere else so
2: so the circus rolls on
1: to portland mm. it, it's this week isn't it sorry again i'm just so out of the loop at the moment it is this week i'm actually excited to be fair well that I was going to be my question oh, 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 oh George, don't.
2: yeah be, don't there be we so go uh, God, you're going to be blocking people on
1: twitter more golf, more golf. because we haven't yeah. enough he's got a huge grin across his face he's defending. <laughs> um well that was going to be my question to both of you we watched the first one out of sheer curiosity uh more than anything um now george you're suggesting that you're going to be watching it because hell, i just want to watch golf correct yeah just more golf the better but no i'm just i'm,
0: I'm intrigued to see how the new players come in um like you say bryson's a huge name like i want to see bryson's been out injured you know i want to see how he's now hitting it you know from from a golf point of view like i'm that's what more I'd about is you know, seeing the seeing the top players, see seeing how they, they fare. And I'm I'm also looking forward to, as you say, sort of the, the circus side of it. They did all this all these shenanigans in in London, I'd say London in inverted commas because it was it was yeah, a good forty miles away from London. But they had, you know, the, the taxis and they had the all, all this all the stuff going on. I'm like, what are they gonna do in Portland? I mean they're gonna have to do something, because it's lit, you know, it's not gonna do anything. Got to turn everything up to 100, haven't they? So, not been um, to
1: Portland, but I hear it is the Hemel Hempstead of Oregon. I've been to Portland actually. Have you? What's it like? It's got the most um, I mean, I'm
0: probably butchering this out, but it had like the most pubs per square mile or something in America. Um, very hipster, very hipster. So, I'm okay. sure uh, Bryce was, is going to fit him right in. I was going to say, in, so in Liv- fact, all the live rebels oh. are going to fit him right right in.
2: Yep. Yeah, that sort of scene. The thing with the thing with this is, um, will I watch it? Uh, probably because it's on YouTube and it'll cost me nothing. Unlike uh, other other operators, there are many available. Um, at some point, though, the golf's got to get better. The, the the first for all the circus and for all the shenanigans that went around it, the golf was spectacularly average. Um, and if the golf doesn't get better, then this product's got no future. In my opinion, because ultimately, as we've seen on the PGA Tour of the last three or four weeks, it's the excitement and the thrills and spills that will make it um, for the average fan. Um, I mean, outside of the curiosity value in London, the golf itself, for me personally, was pretty boring. I mean, they've got some good players now. Um, whatever people think about it, there have been some big names, as we as we said earlier, have gone over. Um, if this, if if, if they want to move the needle, to use the word on this product, th- there's got to be some better golf. Um, 54 holes. It's difficult with 54 holes because there are 18 fewer holes to produce good golf. I mean, that, it just goes without saying, but um, yeah, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see someone uh, play some good golf there if we're going to watch it. I didn't express that very well. I think I've got the message. No, you, did. you did express it very definitely. well.
1: Um, and I completely agree with you. I think that for me, the uh, to answer my own question, I think Live Golf is at the moment, it's a little bit like um, Love Island in the sort of really don't want to watch it, but absolutely 100% will every single year without fail. Um, and you sort of, Get to know all the characters, and you get to know like their stories, and you start becoming incredibly opinionated about them. um But sort of at the end of it, you just feel a little bit dirty. Well put. Thank yeah.
0: you. <laughs> no, I'm, and, and I guess a question to both of you I have is because me and my dad were sort of discussing this about the forty-eight player cap. Like, where where do you think that's going to go? Because surely, I mean, even now they're having to chop and change and get rid of players and more people are obviously going to want to join it do you think that's and that's but that's obviously to an extent that a bit of their usp as well isn't it? having to 48 players and everyone being on the course at the same time is that something you think they're going to change and um yeah what, what do you think the future is with that
2: no is the answer um i mean look they i i, I I'm not sure I'm saying anything that's particularly outrageous here. They filled the field at, at Centurion with players from the Asian Tour who got a nice little payday for their work and will go back to the Asian Tour. I mean that that's that's the that's the route, isn't it? But when they get the 48 players that they want, they'll stick with those players. Some of those players are contracted, I understand. They'll be contracted for more years than others, perhaps. But 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 certainly, and a lot's been made, I think, of that. These players are not in the second event who were in the first event. Well, that's because they filled the first event with players to fill the field because they couldn't fill the field.
1: Andy Ogletree, who finished on sort of seventy-five over par or whatever it was.
2: Yeah, and got one hundred and twenty grand for his trouble. Got one hundred
1: and twenty grand, and now he's nowhere to be seen. Probably job done for Andy. Yeah. What was what was your dad's chat, George? Get him on the pod.
0: Yeah. No, nah, he's. I think looking at it, a bit of intrigue like myself. So. Um. But yeah, the golf does need to does need to improve, but we're still in that curiosity phase, aren't we? So. I think I'll just be watching it um, out of curiosity again,
2: really. We haven't even addressed the big social media scandal of the weekend, to handshake or not to handshake.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to come on to that. Mm. So let's, let's go on to that there. Steve has taken us into that. So Good, actually, good, Steve. Obviously, there's a huge etiquette discussion there, of course. Now, I am fully on the side of how Tong Li, this guy was... You know, at the lowest of lows, he was he was talking about quitting golf. He was on the, on, on the verge of quitting golf, even. Um, and then he wins and his emotion pours out. I mean, uh, Thomas Peters did come over to him and put his hand in front of it. I mean, Thomas Peters, let, let's not, you know, Peters probably didn't even want to shake hands either. Peters has just lost a playoff. He probably just wants to get in the change rooms as quickly as possible. Now, I'm sure those two players had a moment in the change rooms afterwards or the locker room, sorry, that we didn't see. Uh, I, I think social media really enjoys getting on top of these things. Now, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, when I first saw it and I, I hadn't heard the stuff
0: that he'd, you know, been close to quitting golf 10 months ago. And obviously I knew he hadn't won for for, for quite a while. Um, and I remember he was a name I was familiar with and then he just seemed to have dropped off. So I knew there was clearly some issues, but but I didn't know he'd nearly quit the game and whatnot so when it first happened I was like what is he doing like this is ridiculous like you know and he'd been in a position where he was basically not going to win but he was in contention the whole tournament so it wasn't as much as a surprise in that aspect like there should have been some composure there because it wasn't like suddenly the wind just came out of nowhere and you know he had probably time to to settle himself a little bit I just I, I at first I thought he was really poor like I thought come on mate like you've battled with peter's all day um, you know have have something about you and he, at one point he almost like when he was celebrating he like uh he took took peter's caddy out as well you see that I was like what is going on and then then i then i heard the interview and it all came out about the the quitting and i, I get it it's raw emotion like and you know who are we to to say you know how a player should act in that scenario when we don't know the the emotion they've been through but yeah, I, I did think it was a bit poor, but I saw, at, at the same time, I get it. Um, he should have handled it a little bit better, but it was also great to see that emotion. I've never seen a player like, it's was almost crying out, wasn't he, when he won? Like, it was, I've never seen emotion like that. Was, yeah. Steve, I don't know what you thought about the, the handshake scenario and
2: the sportsmanship. I think if you're going to show an enormous amount of passion in front of a player, then Thomas Pierce is probably the person to do it. <laughs> He's not averse, is he, to showing a bit of emotion on a golf course. So probably, it was probably all right in that respect. Do I do I like it? Do I understand it? Yes. Um it's been a particularly tough time. Did did I like it? Not necessarily. Um, you know, I'll go back to Last week, the U.S. Open was it not emotional for Matt Fitzpatrick to win the U.S. Open? He practically ran after Zala Torres, didn't he, to to shake his hand? Just think, there there are things that everyone does in a round of golf. that are things that are just set, and and the acknowledging your opponent, or by your playing partners, is is one of them. Um, I, I as I say, I I understand it. Uh, you can get caught up in the moment. I'm sure if he um, was transported back to that situation, he would sort it out straight away. I, I wonder whether there is something. I don't know whether I should get into this. Am I going to get into this? Yeah, let's get into this. Um, so as, he- as someone who was sat in a two ball yesterday behind successive four balls for a near five hour round because they wouldn't get out of the way. Um, but for someone who sees... Um, routinely bunkers that aren't raked greens that are absolutely destroyed by pitch marks i'm very much in favor of of seeing anything that upholds you know the kind of ideals of the game and while while i while I, i accept entirely that it was something that was done absolutely in the motion in the emotion and that can be forgiven um i think in the wider game itself we've got a
1: problem with etiquette in general. Well I think you're opening up a very very interesting discussion there now I think if we were going to have a scale of etiquette so to speak the things you're talking about leaving uh, bunkers unraked or pitch marks on greens and things like that that's at the top end like that's looking after your golf course that's you know that's looking that's you know looking out for your fellow golfers and But for me, I mean, look, obviously, you look at that situation with how Tom Lee and Thomas Peters on Sunday and you think, well, yeah, he should have shaken his hand, but we can forgive him because of the outpouring of emotion. But then, of course, you've got social media being social media and blowing up about it and making everything uh, more than it needs to be. Uh, but I think you, what you're talking about there is, again, like I said, it's a very interesting discussion. But what you're talking about there is is something that actually affects other golfers and affects uh, people around you. I would rather, if you and I were playing, I would rather you were looking after the golf course than shaking my hand at the end of the round.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are going to be people who are going to get on me now and say I've conflated the argument. But, but I sort of think they're all part of the, to a point, they're all part of the same thing. You know, the sort of... Um, the way we play the game, um as I said, I mean i, I personally have no issue with it um in the sense of I understand the emotion of the moment uh, but i but I do I can't help but go back to seven days previously in what was an equally emotional situation with a player who essentially ran after his playing partner. I'm not yeah. wrong I'm not making that up. um maybe I am um I'm sure people will tell me, but i but I have the feeling that he sought the player out. Yeah. to do it yeah and, yeah fitz went
1: straight over
2: to i think well what what's what's more emotional than not i mean you know how tongs obviously um uh had some great troubles and, and and thought about and thought about quitting the game obviously fitzpatrick's been the nearly man in majors all year
0: you know
2: i don't know where's it start where's it end um I'm as, slightly grumpy because I, I had it near a five-hour round, isn't it? Seems. <laughs> That's probably clouding my judgment.
1: As someone who plays more golf than most, um, well, anyone anyway, humans, um, have you ever had that where someone hasn't shaken your hand at the end of a round? Hmm. No, I don't think so.
2: No, but then, but then I mean, like to to qualify that, you know, none of us have ever been in the situation.
1: Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. But you, but you yeah. still get grumpy, Even if it's a competition at club level, you can still, you know, have a massive strop and just like walk off because you've just blown it down eighteen or something. Uh, I've done that before. I'm not proud of it. Um, I, I have. You still? School, you still? I, should have. It only happened to me once, and it was years
2: and years ago now. And I was in an absolute stinker, and after nine holes, it was a loop of two nines, and we got back to the clubhouse, and I just said, "I've had enough, boys." Um, in a cock crack. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that again. That was, that was a particularly shameful moment in my
1: golfing history. But you did shake hands on nine. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stormed straight back to his car. I love that. That's a really interesting, I think etiquette is a really interesting discussion and perhaps one that we need to revisit okay. in a later pod and sort of have, make a whole section about it.
2: Well, if you do, I'll get out Um, one of my favorite old texts, right? Here's a promise. Here's promised if we get back into etiquette. This is Look at this. Not that the listeners can see this. Um, this is the Badminton Library uh, on Golf written by Horace G. Hutchinson, absolutely legendary, famous amateur of the late 19th century. Amazing player um, that a lot of people will never have heard of, but you should get, get into the history of Horace Hutchinson. He's got a whole chapter on etiquette and behaviour in this book. It is
1: unbelievable. I love that. I wonder if we could serialise that book. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to uh, Harrington. A winner, a major champion again for the first time since 2008. After picking up a win at the US. Is it the Senior US Open or the US Senior Open? US, US Senior Open. US Senior Open. Um. Almost fluffed his lines, didn't he? Did a bit. He had Stricker on Stricker his heels. Was Stricker was coming through the field like a gazelle. Don't know why that was the animal I chose. He was,
0: yeah, but no. In the end, it was, uh, it was somewhat comfortable. Again, I say all these, all these events this weekend seem to mirror one another in terms of you had the leader at the beginning, everyone thought was going to win. Then they stumbled a bit on Sunday, and then in the end got it over the line. It was like, oh, well they were going, and it was almost like, oh, well, they were going to win anyway bit of a it's weird one really.
2: Um, is he just 50? Is he 50 now? Just uh, 50.
1: Uh, 50 last year so he's he started playing in the senior majors this year and his record reads 221. When do you think that they're gonna look at changing the eligibility? Well that's a really interesting
2: question isn't it? I uh, mean because like, you're following Mickelson who <laughs> basically just completely destroyed the Champions Tour last year in all the events that he played in and you know outside of Langer who's just an absolute force of nature um, if I was sort of like a middling 50s player earning my earning my crust in the Champions Tour, I'd be starting to get a bit irritated about all these 50 year olds who come oh, yeah, exactly. in, um, um, with, uh, Monty as well, of course, coming Clark, in and I think as well, Clark I think as well when he... Clark, yeah Clark because um, I, I, maybe 10 or 15 years ago this was something different, but you know you look at Harrington I saw a tweet last last night about his ball speed. <laughs> just like ridiculous I mean he was like yeah, outrageous hide some of the holes if he wanted to and, and the point I'm getting to in a very long-winded way is that the fitness in golf thanks to Tiger principally is so much different now that um, the average 50 year old in terms of physical fitness will be much mo- the average 50 year old what do I mean by that the pro golfer 50 year old mm-hmm. will be much much more advanced than perhaps they were maybe even 10 years ago and um, is 52 young
1: well I don't, I don't think so because I think that if you're if you're 55 56 so is your argument that it should be up to 55 no I'm, I'm just putting it out there I'm just saying I mean
2: maybe maybe again you know people come back to me and say I'm just completely fabricating facts here and um, that there is the possibility of that I'm sort of doing it off the top of my head and from my sort of instinct but it does feel to me and this has probably always been the case actually we'll probably go back 20 years or 30 years and we'll find out that like player and nicholas absolutely dominated when they were 50. Well, that, Still, that was, what
1: I was going to, well first of all that was that was gonna what i was gonna say was is this a new thing um you know did did those players back in the day i mean player obviously went on and won a bunch of um senior majors didn't he um because he never shuts up about them but I mean look for me if you're if you're 51 52 or just or even if you've just turned 50 like Harrington has uh, or if you're 55 56 57 you've still grown up or you've still come through that era that you talk about with tiger and um, the, the the change of uh, athletic prowess in the game so it's not really any different for if you're it, you know it, what I'm trying to say is what i'm trying to stumble out of my mouth is that if you're 55 56 like are you really that much worse off than someone who's just turning 50 51 Like, where, where do you go to do you go all right well we'll make it 55 yeah uh, and then you're probably having that same conversation aren't you 60, about the 65 60, 60 we sixty so. 60s too old to change like that's that's just too old isn't it yeah but what do they because i was speaking talking about this like it
0: in in England or in the UK, it's some clubs are. It, it's dependent on the club, right? And some say fifty-five, some say sixty. Some comps are fifty-five. Some, are, isn't it? Just there's a lot of you know, like disparity. It's not very consistent, is it? Um, Steve, you probably know better than I do. But what what are the ages in in the in the UK? But it, it
1: varies, doesn't it? And well, it's just a club by club basis, isn't it? It's a Club by club basis, yeah. Um, and some of And that'll be the members that decide that as well, won't it? That'll be yeah as
2: someone who's starting to get depressingly close (laughs) Steve is waiting to sweep up at the York Golf Club senior majors (laughs) my handicap's only going one way unfortunately (laughs) Um, it's not down
1: Um,
2: yeah yeah maybe I'm just overreacting it wouldn't be the first time
1: no I don't look I I think it's a very interesting discussion I but I, I just am on the side of These guys, it's like people who complain about the playoffs in football when they say, oh, this team finished eighth, why are they getting promoted? And you're thinking, well, you knew the deal at the start of the season and it's the same for the senior golfers, surely. Like, you know the deal, you turn 50, you can come and play. It doesn't matter if you're Podrick Harrington or Phil Mickelson and you can still tear it up on the PGA Tour. That's just because they're phenomenal golfers. Yeah, and I think if you made it like 55, we'd probably still be having this conversation
0: about the 55-year-olds winning. It's like where do you you've exactly. got to draw the line somewhere, haven't
1: you? I mean, um, Monty is pushing sixty and he's still competitive. But yeah. as, as you said, Bernard Lang is still doing it. I mean, he is a I almost a freak of nature, then, but force of nature is a much nicer way of putting it. Um, and he's 65? 66? It just depends how competitive you are, isn't it? Really. I mean, if you're if you're the kind of golfer that just goes on the Champions Tour because you want to have a little payday, then you have to accept that there are going to be Better golfers than you coming and tearing it up, and you can just go and finish mid table, take home a few grand, have a nice weekend. Would, yeah. you change, would you change your age, George? Which keepers is? it
0: mm, well, As a, I'm still a, as a young pup myself. I don't really have too much. Uh, <laughs> nah. I don't have too much thought on it really. But it, it did when I saw it, and I was seeing how far I was hitting it. I was thinking, it, it did just. My instant reaction was 50 does seem. Too young I don't know and I know it's been discussed before, but then I'm not really in a position to to say too much other than just what my gut reaction was because you know I don't know what what it's like for them and what what the I bet if you if you asked all the pros what they think you know I'm sure that's obviously going to give you your best answer and I bet even the the older senior players aren't don't have a problem with it being fifty which is probably then your answer isn't it so roll the ball back am I right mmm Let's not get into that. Let's not get into that.
1: I do, I do want to just talk about, um, very briefly, before we get off of tour stuff, um, Rory McIlroy, who shot uh, 62 on Thursday and then just sort of fell away a little bit over the next couple of days and finished... I want to say Tide 19th. Tide 19th. Tide 19th, yeah. I don't know where i plucked that out on my brain from scanning the leaderboard at 5am this morning. Mm. Um, he... He had a bit of a mare on Friday, didn't he? Was it Friday or Saturday where he was all over the place? But there's, he keeps going from being like, oh my god, he's going to win thirty majors in the next ten years, to to, to just doing this in like twenty four hours later, making us completely change our minds that he's never going to win another major again. I mean, what what's going on with him? Yeah, and it was just like it just
0: feels like the same old story every week, a little bit, doesn't it? I'm like, not even. I said it like, I think he's the only. Well, it was Friday he had a quad and a double and still shot level par is there any other player on the, on the tour that, that can do that like maybe Speef. Spieth. Spieth probably has it in his locker but and then, then it happens and I'm not even surprised like it's just just self so and down but at the same time he's still I think at the minute he's still probably playing, the, playing better golf than anyone on his day um, you know, it man, will
2: come but it's just Man has bad round Let, let's move on well it's like i mean honestly why do, why why do we have to micromanage everything
1: with it this, this uh, is why we love golf isn't it because we yeah, don't oh god, oh god oh uh, god
2: it happens this guy's been in incredible form i shoot 62 every week every day one bad round next
0: <laughs> we'd all be out of a job steve if we, if we kept <laughs> having that logic
1: but yeah i see what you saying all right. Well, let's, let's move away from tour because I want to, Steve, I certainly want to chat to you about what you've been up to the last few weeks, because you've had a very interesting few weeks. Um, and we're all just so proud of you here at National Club Golfer. Um, Steve has been to Formby, Is that right? Formby uh, Hall and taken his yeah, level believe. three RNA rules of golf exam and not only passed it, but passed it with flying colors um just first of all Steve just tell us a little bit about your road to level three it's obviously been going on for a few years now you've written about it on the website but just for the for those of people who uh, haven't been following it just um give us a brief overview
2: where to begin how long have we got this podcast is gonna this podcast has been going on for too long already um when did it start? Uh, pre 2020, actually, pre COVID. I was writing a lot about the rules of golf because we were doing, we were, we were starting to do a lot of stories about rules decisions on tour, and I realised I didn't really know what I was talking about. Um, and then realised pretty quickly that you can find what you think is the answer in the rules, and then find out again pretty quickly afterwards that you've been looking in the wrong place. Um, so I thought, you know, from a work point of view, it made sense if we were going to be writing about this to actually know what I was talking about and I did the level one which anybody can do for free it's on the RNA's website the the RNA's rules academy you can do the uh you can do the course and you can do uh, a level one rules exam I'd really implore everyone to do that because I mean Uh, how how much do I get into this knowledge of rules of golf among the average golfer could be improved. I think that's the nice way of saying it. There there are are people who know a lot of things about the rules of golf and there are people who know nothing about the rules of golf. And, And, and really just, just to get to a point where you can play the game without fear or favour of, of, um, of getting yourself into trouble in any circumstances. Level one is perfect for that. Honestly, you could do it in the evening. It's brilliant uh, and it gives everyone a really good grounding. And uh, then I thought, well, I've come this far. I'll do the level two, um, which was um, a three day seminar. I did it in Scotland with Scottish golf and with the RNA. So thank you again to them. Um, and I sat the exam there and I squeaked a distinction in the exam right on the number Um, and that might have been enough actually I mean I had plenty plenty of knowledge from that and I did pretty well and the, and the, the seminar was a fantastic experience and taught me all kinds of things I didn't know about the rules of golf and we launched a column which is rules of golf explained on the back of that and you know I probably could probably have happily um, kept on with that and and, and just kept going but um, I realised during the level two a couple of things the first was I was quite good at it um, if, if you'd allow me to blow my trumpet just slightly um, I was quite good at it and, and I found that I quite liked solving problems rules problems um, and then I realised that actually I'd quite like to go into refereeing as well and if you're going to do that with any um, if you're going to do that to any real level, you know, outside of county, which obviously I had ambitions to do so, then you have to do the level three exam. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was it was unbelievably rewarding in the end. Um, but I think, when did I, 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 over two months, you can read about this on the website, over two months, I think I did 150 hours of revision. I just want to sort of set that into context for you. So if, if you've got, seven or eight week period of revision and I've done 150 hours that means that basically for a week of that seven weeks I did nothing but read the rule book hammer through questions and exams and then we had the level three TARS I don't want to spoil it too much because read about it on the website (laughs) I don't want to give everything away Um, but yeah I, I did the exam and I did quite well
1: I think, um, yeah, as as someone who speaks to you, obviously, on a daily basis and spends time with you regularly, um, I, I think you're you, you're talking about 150 hours, but I think you're, you're almost in a strange way sort of underplaying it. Um, I could hear it in your voice every day when we were speaking about uh, just how hard it is uh, and understandably so. But um, yeah, I mean, again, you're underplaying it, but you, you absolutely smashed that exam and um, you ended up. Uh, refereeing at open qualifying completely by accident yeah um so I I went there to shadow the
2: refereeing team at Old Woodley which is as people might know know the Leeds area is very close to our office so it's not like I had to go very far um and I went there to try and shadow the refereeing team because I thought it would be a good piece to, to give people an idea of how it all works at a tournament particularly in 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 the organization and the planning that goes into it people think that you know players might think you just turn up at this event and everything goes swimmingly there's not there's loads and loads of work that goes into it weeks and months before um, so i just wanted to show that and i thought i'd have the idea of you know showing people the course walk and the referees meeting and then the tournament itself and um i i inadvertently managed to get a radio in my hand and a buggy and ended up being part of the team for the day thank you to the team primarily because they took a chance on me there um i mean it's one thing being qualified uh qualified is the wrong word it's one thing having the exam results it's quite another putting it into practice with people and to show that trust in me um to allow me to be a part of that given that the scale of the event that we're talking about this is people trying to Trying to get through the final qualifying, and that field included players like Graham Storm, Chris Hansen, Robert Dinwiddie, you know George Bryan, if you know the Bryan brothers from the um, from the from the from the from the social media videos. I mean, like, and some of the best Northern professionals and best amateurs in the region. This is not like this is not a Saturday medal at your club. Um, it's proper stuff. So for them to allow me to be a part of that and to trust me enough to have a belief in my abilities that, um, I could do it without, without ruining somebody's tournament was, was
1: brilliant. I, I, I will be forever grateful to them for it. And you, uh, having spoken to you after that day, you, you had quite a, a busy day. I was
2: busy. I had lots to do and luckily it was all relatively simple from a rules perspective. Um, but the great thing is, you know, you're part of a team There are, I think there were five referees all together in the end. And if you've got something that's a problem or that or you're you not quite sure on, you get on the radio. The worst thing you can do in a situation like that is think you know the answer, give a ruling to a player and then, it, and then it's wrong. Um, it's much better just to get on the radio and just say, um, what do I do here, chaps? But but I mean, luckily for me, Allwoodley is quite a good course. For I think for a referee, and that there's there's not really a lot that can go massively wrong there. There's not huge amounts of penalty areas. You know, it's mainly like lost balls, so timing. You know, three minute search times. It's unplayable balls in in um, in bushes and things like that. And I've done a lot of those kind of rulings. So it's you know it's. I'm not saying it's simple because you've got you've still got to think about it and make sure you're doing the right thing, but you know, it's not like I had it's not like I had a massive difficult rules issue that I was scratching my head about and going, Oh no, no, it was all it was all kind of sort of straightforward stuff, the stuff you'd expect maybe to see at a tournament.
1: Is that the hardest part of the job is telling a player uh, something they don't want to hear?
2: No, not
1: not not for me. Um He loves it.
2: One of the things I don't struggle about is telling players the ruling. The ruling is the ruling. You know, the, the rule is the rule, largely, um, and, and people will say to me, well, you know, it's a different thing knowing the rule book to telling a player. And there's, the, that, there's that pressure involved. I accept that, yes, there is, but I'd say to them, you know, I write a rules of golf column every week that's pretty successful. And the pressure for me comes On a Thursday night before that thing goes out, when I'm frantically checking it and checking it again, because I know if I get a single word wrong in it, that there are going to be consequences for that for me across various social media platforms, because that's what social media is like, right? So if that's pressure, right? And that is pressure, I think, for me, that I feel pressure there. If that's pressure for me, then Telling a player whether they can have relief from something or not is it's I don't feel it's the same for me. It might be for other people, but I fear the wrath of the anonymous keyboard warriors much more than I do a player being upset with me because they're not allowed free relief from a certain situation.
1: Uh, I, I feel like you've become a victim of your own success because I know at um, club level, certainly your previous club, I don't know what it's like uh, where you've moved to, but at your previous club, you were sort of the rules guy that everyone came to. And obviously your your, your inbox is so full of questions that, that you sort of, it almost feels like a full-time job. Um, but you have found something you're very good at. And like you say, like it's, it's incredibly impressive what you've done. Um, just b- before we move on to anything else, um, I, I, what I am interested in is that, that course walk on the Sunday. So the open qualifying was on, <coughs> was on the Monday, excuse me. Um, and you, and you went out and this is, this, is, this was the interesting bit for me when I was actually talking to you about it on the phone, um, afterwards was that you went and did a course walk, which itself took three or four hours. Just for those people that don't know what, including me, before I had that conversation with you, for those people that don't know what goes on, on a course walk, like what, what are you looking for? Everything. Yeah, every everything.
2: I, I didn't lead the course. What the chief referee did, um, and uh, the detail that they go into is, uh, is absolutely astonishing. So they're looking essentially. They, they're walking around the course, and they're looking for anything that might cause an issue to a player. Any anything, and not stuff that will cause issue. Just cause issue to a player. I mean, they, they will look at everything around the golf course. They'll look at the Penalty areas, they'll look at where they're marked. They'll look at how ground under repair is marked. They'll look at areas and decide whether that should be ground under repair. I mean, this is the level that it got to, right? On the 10th fairway at Old Woodley, it's a dogleg left. And on the bottom corner of the dogleg, on the left-hand side, there's a fence. And there's like a set of stairs um, that are attached to that fence. Is it called a style or something a like style,
1: that? A style. Yeah,
2: a stile, right? Rough So there's a set of stairs, right? They're attached to that farm. They went uh, attached to that fence. They went over to it, the referees, and had a look at that fence to see whether A, if it would come into play, and B, if it would come into play, what status it would have, right? Like, is that thing gonna come into play? I mean, it is like massively unlikely, massively unlikely given its position on the golf course. But they looked at it because they're experienced and they've been through it enough times to know that if you don't look at it and it happens, then you give yourself an unnecessary headache. Another another one was the, um, if you know, if anyone knows Olwoodley, there's the practice putting green is in front of the clubhouse but behind the 18th green. So in the local rules, the 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 practice putting green was not a wrong green. It was essentially ground under repair, and that gave players the option of playing off the practice putting green if they wanted to um and so the referees looked at that and then decided to change the status of that because they wanted it to be a wrong green lo and behold next day one ball it was one ball lands on that practice putting green right so they so they're looking at every single thing i mean like 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 walking along a boundary fence to to see where the fence is and where it goes you know looking at the looking at the mesh on the fence, which side of the fence is it on? Because it makes a difference for out of bounds. If you're using the fence as your marker, or you're using the fence pole as your marker, it's like incredible the detail that they go into with it.
1: Well, that, I mean, like I said, that that for me is the bit that's absolutely fascinating. The, the things that when you're playing golf that you just take for granted, that you don't really think about, um, and you and your fellow referees have to just go into remarkable Uh, level of detail now so so what's the long-term goal here you want to keep refereeing at these uh, level of events county events
2: yeah I'd like to um I'd like to I mean it's it's not really in my hands I don't think I can just uh keep trying to get experience and uh, I think my next outing is going to be my own club's championship um at the end of the month uh, which is a two-round affair um end of the end of next month end of July uh, and then we'll see, and you know, I'll, I'll have to get in touch with a, a few people and see if I can progress it. Um, I'd, I'd, I mean, do you want me to say what my dream would be? Uh, sure. My dream would be that, uh, and this, it's it's a near one, but I'd have to. I don't know who I'd ask about this. I think I'd have to be have to get my begging bowl out in various places. But my home club, which is York Golf Club, uh, Strensell for anyone who's local, we've got uh, qualifying for the girls amateur next year which is a massive tournament and it's a great Philip for for us it's a fantastic achievement for the course um to have the, uh, the best under 18s come and, and play for two days and my dream would be to be part of the team for that championship that would be fantastic i don't know whether it's possible or not probably not but if you're gonna dream dream big right
1: I mean, I thought you were going to say the Open Championship, but that's so uh, that is a still a. Still
2: well a... you're asking me about pressure earlier on. I mean, like, wow, yeah, that's another level, isn't it? Giving a ruling in front of a million people on television, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah a, I
1: might change my mind if I ever if I ever do something like that. Well, if you if you do follow um <clears throat> if you do follow Steve's stuff on the website, his rule stuff on the website, you'll know just how much work he puts into it uh, and if you don't and you're interested in the rules then definitely head over and have a look at that because it is very interesting and um, you can find his uh, contact details which we're desperately trying to hide away because Steve's inbox is inundated on a daily basis so if you do email Steve and he doesn't reply within a few days please don't get cross with him because he's a very busy man uh, and this is only a fraction of his job but it's it's very interesting and, and definitely something we'll Uh, get into more detail once you uh referee at another event perhaps but um yeah uh that was really interesting thank you uh what's on this week george what's going on with you um well
0: i've actually got quite the trip actually coming up so tomorrow i'll be jetting off to rome Um, all all will be revealed we're gonna
1: have to cut this out you're going to rome (laughs)
0: yeah You're i'm going, going to, to rome host. i'm just going to rome to see the, to see I'm, the going to
1: rome. I'm going to the i'm going to marco simone golf club which hosts next year's Ryder cup and that's all we need to know really
0: mm. all will be real Not but different. no so that's very exciting so that should be, should be a good good trip i've got my factor 50 at the ready um it's yeah it's gonna be hot it's gonna be good play some golf uh see some new See some new products, so uh,
1: yeah, excited about that. Stop talking about the new products. We're not. What allowed. new products? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get my bleep machine out. uh So you're you're away in Rome. Hannah's away playing golf. Where is she? where is she playing this week, or is she just on holiday? I can't remember. And so Steve and I okay, anyway. are this week, are we? Okay. I hope so. The dream team, Carol mm. and perry back at it. All right, well, uh, that's probably enough. No one's listening anymore, so we probably... No, we well. a lot of golf to look forward to, so... Plenty of golf to look forward to this week. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the PGA Tour and European Tour this week? That's a good question. I European have it is, written St- out. is Scottish this week. No, it's the Irish. Irish. It's the Irish the, Open. I, I always get it mixed up. Is It, it goes Irish-Scottish Open, doesn't it, yeah? And we've got the John Deere the John in Deere. Illinois. The Jordan Spieth Classic, yeah. And we've got Lib Portland, so three tournaments. Um, Lib just outside Portland, yeah cool all right good well all right thanks chaps uh if you are still listening which i mean fair play to you uh follow us (laughs) head over to nationalclubgolfer.com uh and follow us on social media just search national club golfer on whichever platform you wish to follow us uh all right thanks chaps and enjoy rome george for cheers yeah just for the golf. i'll bring you back a souvenir Brilliant. All right, guys. Thank you. Speak to you later.